right, what we uh, need to know today is how to negotiate like a CEO. You ever think about that? Well, we're going to learn more about it. We have on the hotline author Jalam S. Stein. And uh, we're going to find a lot more about this. How are we doing today there, Jalam? Doing great, Tommy. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, it's uh, my pleasure. So i got to ask you, uh, you're a lawyer who specializes in helping executives and entrepreneurs protect themselves in the corporate world. And how did you get into that field? Well, I fell into it, actually. Uh, after getting out of law school uh, in uh, Sil- uh, Silicon Valley area, I uh, went to the big firm. And after the big firm, after a couple of years, I went out on my own. And... Uh, um, uh, lawyers started referring me, and then clients started referring me uh, individuals, mostly because um, the law, big law firms at that point didn't want to represent, or mostly didn't want to represent individuals. And mm-hmm. one thing led to another. After about 25 years, I've represented more entrepreneurs, more executives, more employees at every level at a company than I can count. So they started seeking you out, correct? Is that how it worked? Uh, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. once you make a name for yourself and you know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. or people perceive, you know what you're talking about, then they start to come to you and they, they certainly seek me, seek me out and others at my law firm. So when it comes to uh, negotiation, that's a talent, right? Uh, for sure. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a talent, but it can be learned. Mm-hmm. And uh, much of what negotiate like a CEO is about is, is about, uh, uh, teaching uh, people what they don't know about entrepreneurship, what they don't know about employment, mm-hmm. which is mostly how to protect yourself uh, in employment, what to look out for the good things and what to look out for the bad things, uh, and, and uh, all the documents that you wind up seeing in employment, what the other side, which is often the company or investors, what they're looking out for and how they're trying to protect themselves against you. So it basically, you know, if, if a lot of people go into employment. I'm always amazed. They're betting on themselves in employment. Mm-hmm. Um, they're betting on their careers that they're going to do well. Right. To be do well, to really be able to bet on yourself, you really need to know, have full information. Mm-hmm. And this book, uh, Negotiate Like a CEO, gives you that full information so that you can be fully informed. Um, so when you bet on yourself, um, you know, and you're, you, you're taking the risks, whether it's an entrepreneurship or an employment or to your trajectory in your career, you're, you're fully informed and you, and you can protect yourself. It's sort of like an insurance policy um, uh, for those who are going into employment or, or an entrepreneurship. Gotcha. And so for people who don't have the uh, born talent, like, you know, a lot of people I know, uh, this is great that you wrote this book. Is that what inspired you to write the book? Uh, what inspired me to write the book is uh, is two things, basically. One is I realized after 25-odd years, I've seen so many different situations. Uh, and, uh, and and people, no matter how uh, inexperienced they are or no matter how experienced they are, how shrewd they are, they all often wind up in employment um, getting screwed, if I can use that word. Mm-hmm. And um, I decided, well, why don't I try to help everyone um, with their on-the-job training before they get on the job? Uh, and before they learn about the, the how to protect themselves or the need to protect themselves. The other reason I wrote the book is to have a, a good time, a fun time writing. And the book has in it, uh, about 40% of the book is uh, fictional stories that I wrote at the Pete's Coffee House. Mm-hmm. And they underscore all the lessons um, that, are, that I'm talking about in the, in the book. And uh, I hope it makes it a breezy read for everybody, interesting characters. 
And um, so you'll learn a lot. You'll learn to protect yourself. Um, it's like the insurance policy, but it's a fun read. Gotcha. So uh, what, let's, let's get a little more into uh, what's in the book, I guess. Uh, what is the top thing people can do uh, to protect themselves when entering into an employment agreement? So they can do uh, what CEOs often do, which is why the book is called Negotiate Like a CEO. Mm -hmm. If you have any leverage at all, you protect yourself on day one in the offer letter or in the employment agreement. Um, so if things go bad down the road, you get forced out, you're asked to leave, you're put on a performance improvement plan, um, you have some protection uh, against being put out on the street without having anything at all mm -hmm. Where most people work in an at-will state and can be fired at any time for any reason or no reason at all, as long as it's not an illegal reason. Yeah. And so what do I mean by protection? Protection would be um, something that's important to you that you want to have after employment. So it could be, for example, separation pay or severance pay. Mm -hmm. Let's say one month, two months, three months of se separation pay. It could be uh, protection for your equity, your stock, if you're getting restricted stock or you're receiving stock options in employment. And, and, and for example, I, if you have an a agreement that says, if you terminate my employment, you will accelerate the vesting of my stock options, my restricted stock, my profits interest by one year, whatever it is, then you have protection for your equity. You don't wind up with losing all potentially valuable equity just because somebody fired you or forced you out. Same thing if what's important to you is, 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 is medical premiums being paid by the company. Imagine negotiating a simple one-line sentence that says, if you terminate my employment, uh, you'll pay the COBRA payment premiums, the health care premiums for four months, five months, six months, eight months. And, and that's what we mean by protection in an offer letter or in an employment agreement. Yeah, this uh, sounds like great information, by the way. I, I, I know a friend of mine, a radio producer, he gave up everything. He moved from uh, uh, you know, a different state. He moved to a, to a new job. He had no protection. He just took the job. It was more money, more benefits, whatever it was. And after six months, they said, oh, we got to downsize and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, I, I moved here. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. What happened, to your, what happened to your friend, the radio producer, happens all the time. Yeah. Every day, over mm -hmm. and over again. I see, I've seen the exact same situation. I mean, every fact pattern is a little different. Might not be moving for a radio show. Might be might be moving for a software job. Might be moving to for a sales job. Whatever it is, without mm -hmm. any protection. So, yeah. your friend, the radio producer, would have been much better off had he protected himself on day one, which would have said, "You want me to move there? All right. Well, then you 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 agree to pay me six months of my salary if you terminate my employment at any time. Mm -hmm. So if that had, or if he's moving." You another 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 protective clause could have been specialized for him, which would have been if you terminate my employment, let's say in the first five years of my employment, you will pay not only six months of severance, you will also pay for me to relocate back to where I came from. And you'll pay for two months of housing, let's say, until I can buy a, a new house or, or rent a new apartment if you terminate my employment, um, you know, in the first five years. I use that as an example. Mm -hmm. and, and imagine your friend had had that been in that circumstance, had negotiated his protection, had thought about it. Mm -hmm. um, then he would have been a lot better off, I, I assume, than he wound up being. Yeah. Then I had another friend. They said, OK, you work hour. Your work day is uh, seven hours. And then all of a sudden, maybe about the eight months into uh, working there, they said, OK, now now instead of seven hours a day, now it's eight hours a day. 
And he had everything all planned out with his wife and kid. He had to go pick up the kid and stuff like that. So that's another thing they can put in there, right? Absolutely. In a contract, you can put protection in for anything that's important to you. I was giving examples in the, in the beginning of what, what's important, but you could put a, a contract, you could make a contract that says, uh, in employment that says, uh, you, I will only work seven hours a day from seven in the morning till two in the afternoon or seven in the morning with right. lunch till three. Right. And if you change those hours, then uh, I have the right to leave my employment and you have to pay me separation pay. You have to protect my equity. Give me some accelerated vesting. You have to pay my COBRA premium payments. Or in the case of your radio yeah. uh, producer friend, you have to uh, pay me to move back to where I came from. Yeah. And, and, and that's re- why is it really important to think about this in advance and to, and to, uh, and to do it uh, if you have any leverage at all at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The reason why it's so important is almost every state and almost every employee uh, is an outside of union work perhaps, but almost every non-union employee is an at-will employee. Mm -hmm. It says so in your offer letter almost always. It says so in your employment agreement. What does that mean? That means the employer can terminate your employment with or without cause and with or without notice at any time, Mm -hmm. uh, unless it's an illegal reason you can do that. And that happens all the time. And in many states, now this is Mm state-specific, in many states, um, because you're an at-will employee, the courts have said, well, you're not an employee, then the employer can change change uh, um, the terms of your employment, like your friends going from seven to eight hours a day, mm-hmm. and just change it whenever they want. Because if they can fire you, the courts say in, in many of these jurisdictions, well, then they can change what, what you work as, right. or what you do, or the terms of your employment. So they could have also taken your radio producer friend, for example, if they had wanted to, and said, well, you work at this uh, this radio, but you know what? We're gonna we're gonna make you a, a salesperson here. Mm-hmm. And his choice would have been to either become a salesperson or to quit and leave. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's another thing that you want to think about when you're um, when you're negotiating uh, or take uh, an employment agreement or an offer letter. You know, there's one thing that popped into my head. I was negotiating for a radio job. And I, I auditioned, and they said to me, they said, wow, you were the best of everybody, and we're offering you the position. And then when it came down to when they said, we're going to give you two weeks vacation, I said, no, no, I, I need three. And I said to myself, they already told me that I was the best. <laughs> so I figured, let me, can, can people do that too if they sense that, oh, okay, they already said I was the best, let me go for uh, three weeks vacation or whatever it was, you know? Absolutely. It's like going for um, more salary, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody offers you uh, I don't uh, X salary and you want one X, uh, you want X plus $10,000. Let's say. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing. Exactly. So what you're describing is when the company chose you, mm-hmm. when they, even if they didn't tell you, but they, they happen to tell you that you're the best of the many people who were Audition, uh, right. auditioning. Mm-hmm. So that gives you leverage mm-hmm. right away. It, it gives you leverage in your case to ask for another week of salary it mm-hmm. will give others leverage to go and ask for some protection in employment. Let's just say you said, I want three weeks of salary. And if you terminate my employment, you know, I am really the best. I, I believe I'm the best, but I know things change. Radio stations change. You'll pay me three months of, 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 of pay. All right. Why do you have leverage? Because companies know either they know through the data or they know they, they it's metaphorical, right? Company, it's companies are just individuals. But the cost of a bad hire is – can be so high that to give you a little bit more, to give the new employee a little bit more, is is a, often a cost of doing business. Mm-hmm. Also, employers are just like any other negotiators. 
their first offer letter may not be their last offer, right? They'd be willing to move. They expect you or expect people to negotiate. Mm-hmm. And if you ask in your case for one extra week of vacation and you're the best, they see you. They pick you as the best because they, they believe that you're going to increase uh, listenership. Mm-hmm. You're going to increase advertising revenue. You're going to do a great job. So you're worth it over everybody else to pay you uh, a little bit more um, vacation pay or to give you some protection. That's a cost of their, that's the employer side of doing business, the radio station side of doing business. And, and you have that leverage mm-hmm. because they've identified you as, as the number one. Where, where are you based? Uh, East Coast, West Coast, uh, South, North, where? I uh, live in uh, in um, um, Half Moon Bay, California, which is right next to Silicon Valley, where I have an office. But I mm-hmm. also have an office uh, in New York and one in Chicago. So okay. my firm is essentially nationwide. Yeah, yeah. No, because I couldn't tell because you don't really have an accent. So. <laughs> well, I I grew up on Long Island. Really? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Even though my I've, I've been away from there a long time, but I mm-hmm. went to. So I was at high school in Nassau County, Long oh, Island, wow. New York. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. So uh, no, I, I, this is what's so great because you, this is really a, a really good conversation there because you just have that uh, I don't know, sit back and listen, to hang out type of attitude, and it's great. It really is. So um, I'm really enjoying this. All right, so I got another question for you. What are the top things you hope people will take away from your book? And it sounds like a great book, and I encourage people to read it. By the way. Um, the top things to take away from Negotiate Like a CEO is, number one, uh, protect yourself in employment, protect yourself in business, protect yourself in entrepreneurship on day one if you have any leverage at all. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing to take away. Second, if things aren't working out in your employment, uh, consider, and you don't have protection in the beginning, consider uh, attempting to negotiate a separation agreement, uh, a severance agreement, so you can have a soft landing. Third, if things don't work out well for you and you haven't protected yourself and you haven't read Negotiate Like a CEO or you or you read it and you didn't have leverage or for one reason or another you didn't uh, weren't didn't or weren't able to negotiate for protection on day one and you get fired, you get terminated, you get forced out. Know that you're not alone, that the most capable people, the nicest people, the shrewdest people, people that have made millions in prior jobs often get forced out or kicked out of their job for one reason or another, and know that you uh, your, yourself can reincarnate yourself and get a new job, either in the industry you're in or change industries, change jobs. Uh, and people do that all the time, and it works out really well. And if you were to, if that happens to you, you're not alone. And if you had everybody were open around you, all your friends and colleagues, and and and, and business mates and so forth you would discover that it's probably happened to to them as well or to many of them as well because this, um, this kind of reincarnation yeah. happens now, a lot. Now, negotiate like a CEO. This is for everybody and anybody. You don't have to be just an executive. It's just anybody that's in the business world or anybody that wants to negotiate, even with real estate, does this work? Like if you're, really, if you're oh, negotiating I, a real estate deal? It, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, it, first of all, it's for everybody from beginning level employees all the way up to the CEO, mm-hmm. because it's essentially uh, 
show, shows you how to protect yourself, what to look out for, and so forth. But in real estate, of course, if you go into real estate, depending on what kind of transaction you're going into. So if you're an employee going into real estate, this book, whatever your level, this book negotiated like a CEO is for you just as much as it is for someone going into software because right. or to or to hardware or to biopharmaceuticals, it, uh, because um, what you need to do in employment and what to look out for the tea leaves, the mm-hmm. good tea leaves and the bad tea leaves, the documents. Uh, you know, employment agreement, offer letter, change of control agreement, non-compete agreement. Those are the same in employment. It doesn't matter what the employment is. Now, if you're an entrepreneur in the real estate world, like you're going into a real estate deal, for example, whether it's on a smaller level where you're going to deal, deal with your relatives or friends, mm-hmm. or you're going into a, a little larger deal with investors, or you're going to a huge deal like at a REIT, you would want to know in business what to look out for and how to protect yourself. And, and, and in a real estate deal, to put in the contracts, the terms that will protect you if somebody says, I want you out of my transaction, or they think to themselves, I want to force you out to get to get the benefit of the real estate, to get the property, to get whatever it is you might right. you might be doing um, stock in a in a deal that owns uh, in companies that own property. So you for sure would want to read this book if you're in a real estate transaction. Gotcha. So besides negotiate like a CEO, uh, you've also written another book, Executive Employment Law, Protecting Executives, Entrepreneurs, and Employees. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about that. That book is a how-to book uh, for lawyers. It is a book I wrote to uh, teach lawyers how to represent entrepreneurs, how to represent executives, how to represent other uh, uh, people of every level at a, at a company. So if you happen to be a lawyer out there and want a book, uh, which is I mean, an excellent book. It's just an excellent how-to book. It has like thousand, thousand-something footnotes, which lawyers love to read to, because you need to cite and, and prove every sort of statement you make. Um, that's a book that's uh, um, published by uh, LexisNexis, which is the big behemoth in publishers for how-to books, how-to guide for teach lawyers how to how to work uh, in, in their particular fields. So that, that, that's what that book's about. It's probably it's coming out, I think, in July, and it's a 10th edition, yeah. I think. Um, so I commend it to anybody out there who's a lawyer mm-hmm. uh, who wants to learn how to get into the field of representing entrepreneurs, executives, and employees of all levels. Gotcha. Both of these books are available where? Amazon.com. You can type them in and, and get them from Amazon.com. Or you can learn more about Negotiate Like a CEO at at the website for the book, which is negotiatelikeaceo.net, and that's .net. So it's negotiatelikeaceo.net. If you went there, you could press the button and buy the book, but you could learn more about the book or learn more about me if you wanted to as well. And you're a very fascinating man. i got to tell you that right now. You got any uh, future plans for future books? I do, uh, but I'm not ready to uh, to talk about them just yet. But I have been writing, and <laughs> yeah. I look forward to coming out with something in the future. Awesome. John M. S. Stein is the author of Negotiate Like a CEO. It's been a total pleasure hanging out with you. Really, I learned a lot today, and uh, good luck with the book. It sounds great. Thanks a lot, Tommy G., for having you on, on your show, having uh, me on your show. Oh, it's, it's, my, it. it's my, my pleasure.